episode 35 of the Bowery Capital Startup Sales Podcast. Welcome to the Bowery Capital Startup Sales Podcast. Today I'm joined by John Ferrara, CEO and founder of Nimble. John, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Eric. I'm really excited to be here with you today and your audience. I love to connect and have conversations about how we can inspire and educate other people to reach their dreams. Yeah, I know. It's I wanted to have you on the podcast as well. Um, it's a little difficult for us to get podcast guests on the other side of the country, but uh, I think we've figured it out and I'm glad we finally made it happen. Um, I guess for the audience who doesn't know who you are or what Nimble is, do you want to uh, give them a little background? You bet, Eric. Um, so I've been in the technology business, I think almost all my life. I I, uh, I bought my first computer in 1978, which seems ages ago. I was 18 years old. It was pretty much the first computer that was probably bought in my whole neighborhood. And I've, I've loved technology all my life. And I uh, grew up on my dad's car lot and learned sales and marketing, but didn't want to be in sales. So I studied computer science and got a job at Hughes Space and Com and figured out I'm not an aerospace guy and got a job at a startup called Banyan, not too far from where you are on the East Coast. And in the process of being in the sales trenches, I realized that we need tools to empower us to effectively connect with other human beings, to find ways to help them grow and serve them, and to stay top of mind so when they do make a buying decision, they not only think of us, but they bring their friends. And back then, we used things called Rolodexes and 6 by 9 index cards. And we got sheets of paper called computer intelligence reports. And we cold called people. And we did forecasts on spreadsheets that we'd email to corporate once a month. And it was ridiculous. And, uh, and so basically, there was no term SFA or CRM. In fact, there wasn't even contact management. Outlook didn't exist. And so there I am as a technologist who pretty much knew every software program on the market at the time because there literally were only hundreds of them. And I figured out that there wasn't a tool that helped business people manage and nurture relationships. So at uh, 29 years old, I quit my job uh, and uh, started a company called Goldmine, which helped to pioneer what we think of today as CRM, but it never really was focused on management reporting as much as it was on relationship management, because I believe that people buy from people and that you need to understand who somebody is, what their business is about, and uh, connect and stay connected. And we built the tool that made that fun and easy. Awesome. And then can you speak to... Uh... Your starting of Nimble and I guess how times have changed, what uh, in the selling environment has kind of paved the way for, for making Nimble a necessary product? You bet. So the thing that was um, powerful about Goldmine was it automatically built the 
relationship database for you by integrating your contacts, your email, and your calendar all together. So if you brought up a contact record, you can see the contacts on them, the history of the conversations and interactions that you and the team have had on email and calendar. And I think that's what people loved about uh, Goldmine. Today, even though there's 225 million global businesses, less than 1% use any CRM. Most people's CRM is their inbox. And now more and more, uh, social channels where their customers are having conversations and traditional CRMs are not as effective for relationship management. In fact, I love to joke that uh, CRM really stands for customer reporting management, not customer relationship management. And I also love to joke, but it's really true that the reason they call it Salesforce is you have to force salespeople to use it. No human being likes to do data entry, yet it's your job to look somebody up and understand who they are and what their business is about for you to figure out how you might be able to add value to them. Because I believe that sales is a service, that service is the new sales. So if it's your job to understand who somebody is and what their business is about, then you need to Google them. And then you have to go log that in the company database. And then you go and engage in email and more and more Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Instagram, Foursquare, Google+, wherever you can find ways to add value to your customers and prospects journey. How do you manage all that? And the core of the biggest problem is that where we all live, Outlook, Address Book, and Google Contacts, don't do the basics of what Goldmine did 30 years ago, which integrates email, calendar, and contacts. So if I bring up a contact record, I can see the history of email and calendar interactions and what's pending. So I have contacts. So when I do engage, I understand who this person is and the history and how I might be effective. And so in the process of swimming in the social river, uh, five years ago and seeing the immense power of social, how it's going to change the customer journey, how people make buying decisions, how companies engage them, how you build your personal brand, your company brand. I decided to reimagine relationship management, to reinvent CRM, to build the first CRM that works for you by building itself so you don't have to Google people and then works with you everywhere you work because the biggest cause of failure of CRM is lack of use. So you shouldn't have to go to your CRM to log things, and you shouldn't have to go to your CRM to update things. It should update and log things for you, and then it should work with you everywhere you're working, in your inbox, in social, in whatever business application you might happen to be in. And um, so we basically pioneered – some people call it social CRM. I don't like the term social CRM because I think the word social is going to go away, not indifferent than the word e-toys and i this so e this and i that referred to the internet and now we don't think about the internet it's just the plumbing tomorrow we're not going to think about social this and social that it's basically just going to be the way we do business because business has always been social people buy from people they like and they like people who know them it's your job to know your customers and your prospects and be a trusted advisor on a daily basis so when they make a buying decision they think of you because you can help them be better, smarter, faster. So social selling is utilizing all of the available channels, which are most recently, you know, what we call social channels, which are Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, to better engage with your prospects. It's not just prospects. It's really the community around your business. So if you think about how we built the Nimble brand and how I built my brand again after being out of technology for eight years is identify influencers in and around the areas of promise of my product. And I begin to add value to their conversation, 
paying those relationships forward so that the editors, analysts, bloggers, influencers, third-party developers, investors, advisors, and prospects and customers is a community of people that I nurture relationships with by paying those relationships forward, finding ways to help them grow. And in the process, they help us grow by spreading um, our, our the uh, the ideas of Nimble. So I tell people, if you teach people to fish, they'll figure out you sell fishing poles. And so I think that today's businesses shouldn't think of prospects and customers and they th shouldn't think of just sales and marketing people touching them. Everybody in the company touches the community around your business for it to grow. So for you to be effective, you need to empower all of your customer facing team members to share a common relationship record and engage those people in and around the people that are helping your customers grow. So their advisors, their recommenders. And so what social selling is, is figuring out a way to help as many people around you grow. That's it. So we're on this planet to grow our souls and help other people grow theirs. And what that means is if you can help as many people as you can throughout your life grow, you'll achieve anything that you want. And that's the simple idea of social selling. It's just that today we're using social channels and conversations to set ourselves up as a trusted advisor so that people see us as somebody who can help them grow. And I call that education and inspiration or what I call the five E's of social business. Educate, enchant, engage, embrace, and empower your customers. And so you do that by giving your knowledge away. So what you're doing today is you're teaching other business people and other entrepreneurs how they can be better, smarter, faster. You're not talking about how great Bowery Capital is or how great Eric is. But in the process of inspiring and educating these people, they're going to see you as a trusted advisor. They're going to then look at you and your company and go, well, gosh, I want to do business with Bowery because they're not trying to tell me how great the VC company they are. But what they're telling me is how I can be better, smarter, faster. So when I do need money, I want somebody who's going to help me grow my business. And how many businesses do you think are, are practicing effective uh, whatever you want to call it. Let's just call it social selling for the ease of use uh, in today's environment. Oh, a fraction. And and the beauty of that is that if you start doing that now, you can get in the top of the pyramid. In other words, in the future, everybody is going to be inspiring and educating as a process of staying top of mind with their customers. And then it's just going to be noise. So it's going to be harder to get top of mind with them. So in the old days, we used to yell at our customers how great our products and services were, expect them to line up like lemons in front of our salespeople who would bag them and tag them and get the order. And then we shove them off to the 800 line to get customer service. And today, customers aren't looking at our market materials. They don't want to talk to our salespeople. They're having conversations amongst themselves and they're talking to trusted uh, recommenders and advisors. So you need to be part of that customer journey by inspiring and educating them, not how great your products and services are because people don't buy great products. They buy better versions of themselves. So what you need to do is essentially just drip inspirational, educational content on a regular basis. And I like to tell stories about how there's a social river going by your business. It's a digital conversation in the number of millions. And what you do is you drop fishing lures into that river and you get people to bite on that, not just prospects and customers, but influencers of theirs as well.
And then you reel them in and you begin to build a pay it forward relationship. So that those people then look at you and go, hmm, who is this guy, Eric? Oh, wow. He's a guy who really understands marketing and advertising and some startups. He's got a history. He used to work at HubSpot. And now he's at Bowery helping startups grow and educating them. I'm going to want to connect with Eric and I want to, I'm going to want to learn more about Bowery. But the reality is it's probably 1% of the global businesses at most that are doing this. So if you want to build your personal brand and build your company brand, start today by creating a great identity, great picture of yourself, great background of yourself in Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Instagram, Foursquare, Google+. Begin to share content on a regular basis. At Nimble, we share hourly on our brand as well as our individual brands. And then begin to connect and have conversations. It's not just about spewing. You've got to essentially, when people respond, you got to connect with them in a human way. Because the more digital we get, the more human we need to be. And do you think that there are particular types of businesses that are catching on to this trend more quickly than others? And do you think that there will be some industries where this will never catch on and they'll just remain selling in the old school manner for, you know, too long for us to think about. Well, I still remember, Eric, that uh, in, uh, companies used to lock employees out of browsers because they're afraid they're going to waste time. I could tell you stories of automobile dealerships who fired sales reps who were using social media to sell three times, five times as many other, as any other sales rep because they're afraid of the brand that person was creating. I could tell you stories about analysts at Forrester that got fired because they were using social media to build a brand and, and the company was afraid of uh, how big that brand was getting it overshadowed the company. I don't think there is a business out there that social media will not touch because we are all addicted to social media, Eric. Walk around any town and what do you see? Everybody is staring into their cell phone. We live and breathe to connect and and be connected with other human beings. And it's a digital addiction. So on a daily basis, you're checking your phone for notifications, whether it's your email, whether it's your voicemail, whether it's social media. And there's a in there's a human basic nature of wanting to be heard and wanted. And and this goes back to the beginning of time. I remember the AT&T answering machine we plugged into the wall and we plugged our phone into. And on a Friday night, if that light wasn't blinking and the digital LED wasn't greater than three, I knew my weekend was not going to be what I wanted it to be. And so, so there isn't any human being today in the modern world that is not using social media to connect and engage, which means it's going to translate to business as well. So um, I, I can't think of a business that it wouldn't touch. And you kind of uh, briefly mentioned what I, my next point was going to be, but we talked about how this is, this is really a, a one way medium. I mean, we're, you know, there's the two of us right now we're creating this podcast, but once we put it out there, there's not a lot of back and forth between us and our listeners. Then there's other channels uh, where there might be some more engagement and some more conversation. Do you think one or the other is more important? It sounded like a lot of what you were talking about earlier, this education really could happen very easily in this one way manner. Um, but a lot of people are very excited about the uh, ability to kind of communicate and listen and 
engage with potential uh, community members. Well, Eric, if you really think about it, this isn't one way. This is truly two way because you and I are going to share our identities. My identity on Twitter is John, J-O-N underscore Ferrara, F-E-R-R-A-R-A. And people are going to connect with me after this podcast and say, John, you inspired and educated me. You moved me. You touched me. I dig that. I would love to connect with you to learn more about you and, and find ways that I might, you know, learn more or do more. And so even though this may seem like a one-way broadcast, what this podcast is doing is it's inspiring, educating thousands of people. And these people are going to want to connect. And so whether you're talking about, uh, you know, you take this podcast and then you create a landing page with a graphic and you share it on Twitter and all the different identities and then people then comment on it. You might even put it on the Bowery Capital blog site and people are going to comment in there. So there's a variety of ways that people will interact and the ways of interactions are just exploding. Over the weekend, I did this thing called Blab. Have you heard of Blab yet? B-L-A-B-I-M. Was that a yes or a no? No, I have not. Okay. It is effing awesome. So <laughs> basically, I've used Periscope and Miracat to essentially do some sort of a blast out there. But it there's a lack of interaction. And Blab, what it does is allows you to create a window. Like it, pretend you and I were in a window right now, and we could see each other's faces. Because I think the more digital we get, the more human we need to be. And I said that before. But if imagine, rather than people just listening to our audio, they could see your face and my face, right? They're connected with us in a deeper way. And then people can just jump in. So if we were live right now, somebody might jump in. And so there's two guys that were on the podcast, Mitch Jackson, who's this uh, attorney in Orange County that is really a amazing in social media. And I love the fact that, you know, professional people like that are adopting social media. And his, his uh, guest was Jason Freed, the founder of Basecamp. And, uh, and I jumped on and I had a conversation with them. It was a Saturday. And the only reason I knew about it is he sent me a link and I clicked this link. And then all of a sudden when the podcast, when this blab thing started, it came up on a tab in my browser and I heard them talking. I went to my computer and I started interacting. So the ways of interacting are literally exploding, and um, we can't even imagine where it will go. But the reality is it's all about human beings connecting with other human beings and building relationships. And I think it all boils down to this one thing. And and I realized this when I sold Goldmine a year later, I got a tumor and almost died, is that when you strip everything away, it's not about dollars and and success because the reality is that they don't write on your grave that, you know, made a million dollars, built, uh, invented this or that. They say beloved father, friend, husband. Um, and so we're on this planet to grow our souls and help other people grow theirs. And we do that by being present with other human beings, by sharing our passion, plan, and purpose. And through that conversation and vibration, we empower each other to succeed. That's it. That's the secret to success and interaction is just being present, connecting with other people and adding value to each other's journey. Yes. I, but how many people do you think in the business world uh, adhere to those principles? Uh, you know, I truly believe that social media is increasing the transparency uh, of people to people, people to businesses, employees and employers, 
and uh, and is going to create something like an age of Aquarius where um, more and more people will start talking about uh, it's not B2B or B2C, it's P2P and H to H, people to people, human to human, find ways to add value, pay relationships forward. It's not about bagging and tagging. It's about uh, serving other people. And even if that means recommending a, a competitor's product, because ultimately, if you truly serve other people, you don't have to advertise anymore. I'm going to tell you a secret, Eric. Nimble doesn't spend a dime on advertising. We never have. And we generate 70,000 unique visitors per month on a website. We're converting up to 10% to trial and 20% to paid without any salespeople. There's 23 people in the company. It's mainly product and engineering and, and customer journey support. How do we do that? We do that by inspiring and edu educating other people about how they can be better, smarter, faster in sales, marketing, social media, entrepreneurship, and startups. They see us as a trusted advisor. They begin to explore us, and they see that we not only are teaching them to fish, but we're actually selling the fishing pole, Nimble, and they begin to adopt us and tell other people about it. So we've got evangelists around the world who are spreading our gospel, and it's the same way I built Goldmine. Imagine this, Eric. I'm a kid, 29 years old, and uh, it's 1989. File record locking just started, which means you could build network applications. In, in other words, you could have a network business app on a server, and two people can be in there sharing one record. It just started. So I built the first networkable relationship manager that integrated content calendar communication and sales and marketing automation. How do you sell that to people who are still using networks to share printers and hard drives? Plus, I had $5,000 in the bank. There's no way I could advertise that. So what I did is I contacted the influencer of my prospective customer, and it's the guy that sold the network. So I cold told 500 Novell resellers around the country, and I got them to use it because people sell what they know and they know what they use. They started to use it. They started to recommend it, and that's how we basically built our first $50,000 a month in revenue, and we never took a dime of venture capital, never took any bank loans, and when we sold the company 10 years later, we were doing about $75 million a year, and we never started advertising until about six years into the company. All right. So you've convinced me that... Uh that it works. But it sounds to me, um, and for our listeners who might be wanting to get into a little bit more of this social aspect, and they're willing to take the jump. Um, how do they start where this seems overwhelming? I mean, you just talked about a brand new channel that I've never heard of. And there's already, you know, 10 other channels out there that you could be engaging with people and, and listening to your potential uh, community members or customers. And you can't just go from not doing anything to doing everything all at once. So how do you kind of get to the, the position that you're in right now? Okay, I'm going to give you a recipe for any startup to build their brand and their community. And I'll explain to you exactly what we did at Nimble to do that, to go from zero to 70,000 uniques per month. Okay. All right. So what we did is we initially built the brand. So I got the nimble.com domain. I created identities on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, et cetera, all under the nimble uh, identity. I built uh, the, I put a picture of myself, my background. Uh, I did a logo and I put all of it up. So I essentially built the landing pages, if you will. 
So that's the basics, right? Yep. So you have to essentially build a basic website. You have to build uh, identities for your personal self as well as your brand and I- ideally your team members as well. Because it's not enough to share content on the uh, brand itself. You need to share content across the team member's identity. HubSpot's brand was not built by HubSpot uh, Twitter sharing content alone. It was built by building the brand of Darmish and Brian and Mike Volpe and yourself, uh, blah, 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 right? Yep. And so you essentially need to build these landing pages for your brand and your key team members. Then what you need to do is you need to start sharing content on a regular basis on those identities. And let's face it, content is hard to build, isn't it? Yes, it is. Not it takes time. Yeah. And and Eric, did you know that I was a math computer science major and I sucked at, at English? <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. And so I don't like to write. And so the way I built the Nimble brand is I identified influencers of my core constituency in and around the areas of promise of my product. In English, that means I found the top thought leaders in sales, marketing, customer service, social media, social business, social selling. Well, there was no social selling back then, but startups, entrepreneurship, um, technology, and I began to share their content. So rather than me writing the content, I found the top thought leaders in all the areas of promise of Nimble. In other words, Nimble is a tool that helps a company grow, whether you're a startup or a business or entrepreneur. It helps you with your sales and marketing and social media and et cetera. So I began to find those thought leaders. I share their content. So what that does is it, and I, I put hashtags around that. So I'd say pound selling, pound sales or pound marketing. What that does is that creates my content. And it also creates engagement, not just with the people who are interested in the content, but those thought leaders themselves and their networks. And so then I began to build relationships with those thought leaders when they responded to me. And I'd essentially, they'd say, thanks for sharing the content. And I'd say, hey, no problem. You know, I'd love to connect and, and learn more about you. And I connected for a conversation. I learned who they were and I found ways I could add value, introductions, et cetera. And all of a sudden I had a relationship with that person where I wasn't telling them about Nimble. I was finding ways I could add value to them. And they asked about Nimble. And then basically what happens is you begin to build this network of influencers and the network off their networks of people who are interested in, in, in their content. And all of a sudden you're beginning to build these conversations and then you ask them to contribute to your blog. And then all of a sudden you have this brand that's built. And so any business today can begin to build their identities and then share inspirational educational content. Let's pretend I'm a realtor. Now, I've probably forgotten more about real estate than than any of my customers will ever know in their life. Rather than telling them, you know, what properties I'm selling, I might tell them how to fix their house up to sell it better or or how to find a home in a neighborhood that might be up and coming that's cool or, you know, other ways that I could help the buyer journey in those processes. And I don't have to write those articles. I just find those articles and I begin to share them. And so whether you're sharing content from thought leaders or just people in general, the content that you're already reading in the morning when you're drinking your coffee, you begin to share that content on a regular basis. You start having that conversation. It begins with stepping into the river slowly and beginning to share content and engage. And anybody can do that. And are there any tools that you use that you would recommend for people that makes this easier? 
You bet. So for one thing, you need to identify um, people, uh, content that's effective. And so there's a variety of ways that you could do that. I use an app called Zite uh, uh, on my iPad. <coughs> and what it does is it essentially uh, it finds content in and around the areas of my passion, plan, and purpose. In my case, it's sales, marketing, startups, entrepreneurship. And then I can share that content. Once I identify content, I can then share it. And I use a program called um, Buffer uh, to do that. Other people use things like Hootsuite to do that. But essentially, when you're reading the content, you hit the share button in your browser, whether it's Hootsuite or Buffer, and you basically queue that content up to share on your identities. And I say identities because I share the content on my on my Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Instagram, Foursquare, Google+, depending on the, the, the type of content and what I want to share, but I also share it on my Nimble brand as well. And then I attach hashtags to it. And that's like a pound sales, pound marketing, pound startups, whatever I'm sharing. And that content gets queued up. And then I use tools like Nimble to listen to the responses and then build records of the people that I want to engage with and then begin to nurture the relationships through the Nimble app to turn connections into conversations and relationships into mutually beneficial business outcomes. Notice I didn't say revenue because ultimately your goal as business should not be revenue. It should be how many people can you help grow? And how do you measure that? How do you, uh, you know, in the end, what are the ways that you know what you're doing is being effective or that you're achieving your goals? Well, in the end, it it is revenue, right? <laughs> okay. All right. Um, and I guess if you were going from, you know, nothing today to then putting these uh, principles in practice, you know, in the next, in the coming months, um, how would you measure success? I mean, would it just be kind of an increase in revenue? Do you think that your, your revenue is going to grow quicker if you, and by how much, uh, would people expect or should they be trying to achieve? Well, you know, there's a variety of ways to measure the effectiveness and it's sometimes not easy to measure the exact revenue that these things can create. Um, so, I think that you could start by measuring the number of uh, followers uh, and how those followers turn into uh, prospects as well as customers. You could measure some of the revenue, uh, but ultimately it really starts with building these landing pages and beginning to put in tools to share content, connect with people that are responding qualify and uh, begin to measure uh, those uh, engagements. And so um, there's a variety of tools that you could use to do that. I love this tool called Rival IQ. And what Rival IQ does is it allows you to measure your brand's identities against a set of competitors. And I think that you should, at the very least, be understanding who your competitors are and where you measure up across all these various identities to make sure that you're at least in, in kind with them, if not in the lead. And what's the tool called that allows you to uh, compare yourself to your competitors? I, it's called rival IQ. Rival IQ. Got it. Um, 
Okay. So I think we're getting pretty uh, close to our time limit, but I wanted to uh, have a couple more questions for you. So I guess the second to last one is just what are the biggest mistakes that you see companies make when they are attempting to become more social in, uh, in their selling? I think that the biggest thing mistake that you can make in regards to social and selling is talking about yourself or your products. Nobody cares. Uh, people are looking to be better, smarter, faster, and you need to be teaching them that. So um, don't talk about yourself. <coughs> don't talk about your products. Uh, talk about how people can be better, smarter, faster. And there's a balance between that. I think that you can share your wins and you can occasionally share stuff about you or your products, but it's a mix. And I like to say um, it's sort of like a, uh, I'd say 60% uh, sharing inspirational educational content. Um, and uh, and then you can mix up between that other 40% a mix of stuff that might be, you know, your webinars you're doing or some wins that you've gotten or an update on how you might have improved your product a little bit. But definitely uh, you should not be doing mainly about you or your products. That's one big thing. Um, the other big thing that people mistake make mistakes with is spewing out content and then not engaging with people that respond. So essentially thinking that it's just a machine where you can just spray uh, content out there. Uh, ultimately, you need to engage with people. So if you share a thought leader's content and they say thank you, you should be present enough to uh, respond to them and ideally begin to engage with them because they're human beings too and they love to connect with other human beings. And so um, – one of the things I tell people is don't just put business stuff on your identities either. Share a little bit of your heart and soul because people connect on areas of commonality. And once you connect on those areas of commonality, you begin to develop intimacy and trust, and then you get into the business stuff. And so a story along those lines is that when you get on the phone with somebody, what's the first thing you say? You say, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. And then you might have a little chatter about, hey, you know, how about them – um, Yankees or, you know, uh, is, you know, the weather or whatever, and then you might get into the business aspects. So, um, be sure to connect, uh, in, on a human level and share a little bit of your personality. Got it. Well, uh, that kind of qualified as, as a, uh, last tip or pointer, but do you got anything quick, one more quick hitter for, uh, our audience before we have to leave? Don't be overwhelmed with the idea of social. It's nothing new. Business has always been social. Life's always been social. Like I said before, people buy from people they like and they like people who know them. It's your job to understand who somebody is, what their business is about, for you to be able to figure out ways you might be able to add value. If you are constantly thinking about adding value to the people in and around you and your business, you can't help but be successful. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, John. Thank you, Erica. It was a real pleasure. All right, and I'll talk to you later. 